morning, everybody. And for those of you who remember me from a month ago, it's good to be back with you. For those of you who haven't got a clue who I am, my name's Roger, I'm one of the leaders of the church here. And why don't you turn to someone you've not yet spoken to and that beaming smile that you've just given me and welcomed me with, why don't you actually welcome somebody you've not yet spoken to equally with that wonderful smile over the next 15 seconds. Okay, that's enough. That's enough friendliness and smiling. We don't want too much, uh, too much positivity and smiles and happiness. This is a church. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. It's good to see you at the, uh, the start of this new series as we're going to be venturing forth in the book of Joshua. But before we launch off into the book of Joshua and think about now that we've arrived... I want to take your mind back to a comedy series. Anybody remember Blackadder? Some people will think, is it okay as a Christian to put my hand up and say I remember Blackadder? There was a character in this uh, Blackadder series called Baldrick. Baldrick had, as you can see, that famous phrase, I have a cunning plan. And inevitably, his cunning plan was always completely pathetic, bewildered, confused, and quite banal. The truth is that God does have a plan. Some of us need to be reminded of that this morning, maybe with the chaos that we're going through, the challenges that we're facing, as well as a big plan for the human race. God has particular plans for particular people at particular uh, times. I've obviously shrunk over the last month because that's a little bit too high. Let's just lower that a minute so I can see where we're going. Yeah, he's got a plan for us individually. He's got a plan for our church. He's got a plan for our Town. I dare say that some of you will either have given these verses or received these verses or got them on a bookmark or uh, something like that or on a fridge magnet from Jeremiah 29. Where there's those, those verses there where God is speaking to his people. I know the plans I have for you. And goes on to speak of hope and a future. Great verses. Some of us don't think we've got either hope or a future. God is saying to you this morning, you have both, if you're on board in trusting me. Our role, obviously, is to discover that plan that is God's force, to head out on a journey of faith and obedience to get us to where God wants us to be. Thy will be done, we sometimes uh, pray. Here we're going to step into a particular point in history where God had such a plan for his people. We're going to be exploring that uh, as we travel through uh, Joshua over the next two months. Going to go back in time to relive some of the stuff uh, that was going on then. We're not going to be enacting or reenacting any of the, the battles or the murders or the deaths or anything uh, else uh, like that. But we're going to be trying to understand what those God, God's people would have been feeling at that particular point of their own journey back then. And then to draw out some lessons for ourselves on that journey for what maybe God might be saying to us through his word. This is God's word. Relevant for all people for all time. Amen. Trust that God would actually speak to you through this make that your prayer maybe through the, the coming days to have a plan of reading uh, through that book of Joshua yourself 
So in terms of some of the background, we'll explore a little bit more of this when we've got more time this evening. After years of slavery, then 40 years in the desert, God's people were about to enter the land that God promised their forefathers. Like maybe this earthly uh, a vision that we might have of, of the waiting for heaven. There was that sense of their own waiting that was nearly uh, over. 40 years after crossing the Red Sea, somewhat miraculously, they're now ready to cross over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, God's promised land. It's been a long wait. A long wait. I did wonder how long to leave a long wait by way of a pause, because it only takes a matter of seconds for us to feel quite uncomfortable, doesn't it, when we're anticipating something else to come. But maybe you can think of other long waits that are uncomfortable. Maybe there's roadworks in and around where you've been driving this week and there's been traffic lights set up. And those kind of traffic lights that get set up overnight always seem to be red when you approach them. And maybe it's at night and there's nothing coming from that direction or that direction or the other direction and you're sat there for 25 minutes, it feels. And there's the temptation to think, well, nobody's looking around. But more seriously, we can think of maybe things where there's been a long wait in our lives. Maybe for exam results, that seems like a long time coming, or a response from a job interview, or maybe a sense of healing that we've been praying for someone for years. Maybe the salvation of a family member. Maybe waiting to hear back and renew contact from someone that we've just lost out somewhere along the way in terms of relationship. Maybe that long wait is in regards to financially. And we're waiting, we're waiting. That long wait doesn't mean to say that God has forgotten or that he has broken his word. And of course, as we think about uh, long wait, here we are in this building where some of us that go back in time to when we were uh, there at Ackland Road, well, we were indeed well on the way to a 40-year wait when we were back at Ackland Road. Now, we're here. And of course, if there's been uh, some of you that are here this morning, you've kind of pitched up and joined us since we've arrived. Well, you're not aware of that long wait that's gone on before. We very often forget our roots and our past. But that long wait at the time, for some of you that went through that journey, when developer after developer was promising things and then it fell flat. Promising, never worked out. Promising, never worked That felt a long, long wait, didn't it? But God was faithful to his word that he spoke to us. The waiting is hard, can be frustrating, can be painful. Ask any mum who's just given birth. I can't speak from experience here. I've just uh, spoken to a couple of mums to check out that this is okay to say this. And they said, yep, that's exactly right. During the waiting and also then um, that that sense of... um, uh, when a, a, a mum is waiting, 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 that, that long period, normally round about nine months, I believe, yeah, yeah, memory serves me right, yeah, I've got a nod over there on the right, that's fantastic. And then there comes a time when the waiting is over. Quickly, all that waiting is forgotten, mums will say, as they have that newborn baby in their arms. During the waiting, and also when we've arrived, we need to be trusting God to keep obeying what he has declared we should do. And we're going to think about that as we touch on that 
this morning. We're not really too sure who wrote the book, Joshua chapter 8, verse 32 and 24, verse 26. Uh, we've got it highlighted there that Joshua himself was, was into recording, apart from maybe the, uh, uh, the end of the book that depicts his funeral. I don't think he would have been responsible for writing that. So a, a lot of people think that maybe Joshua would have penned this by his own uh, fair hand. What matters, of course, is that this is God's word. There's no specific author that's mentioned in the text. But the book of Joshua itself has been accepted as part of the Jewish and Christian canon from earliest times. It therefore can be trusted. We need to come uh, to this book with eyes of faith, saying this is God's truth. This stuff really happened, but beyond the historical facts, this is his living word. God, speak to me through your living word into my, into our situation. Grant me afresh that sense of hope for my own future. The events are likely to have occurred between about 1400 and 1250 BC. Much of the book describes uh, military battles. That can be hard sometimes for us to look back and and get our heads around this whole thing of fighting and and war. And God, what are you saying within that? We're not going to think too much uh, about that. Rather, what I want us to focus on is the fact that God won back a portion of the world from those who have made for themselves other gods. Paganism had ruled this part of the land of Canaan. And then God breaks in. And there are times where we need that, don't we? In our own situation, in our own community. The book of Joshua speaks of the kingdom of God breaking into the world, demonstrating that no political power or man-made God held any real power at all. There was only one real, true God. And in our own secular society, increasingly, we need to come back to that truth. There is only one God. There is only one way. However unpopular it may well be, we need to stand on the truth that God declares for us. In this sense, the overall battlefield points to a foretaste of a spiritual battle where one day there will be that sense of judgment for those who are not God's own and redemption for those who are. Not a bad thing on a Sunday morning, sat where you're sat right now, to think about which group you're in. This is a great opportunity to think eternal things. To think, whose side am I on? When my time comes, am I going to be okay? You can be sure of the answer to that question, even before you leave this morning, by trusting your life to this God who's done so much for us. There's been this miraculous crossing of the Red Sea in Exodus chapter 13. There's soon to be another incredible crossing this time of the River Jordan. But that's not to be seen, I don't think, as as the same as our own crossing over into heaven. I don't think there's a, a parallel there because the book of Joshua also depicts sins, failures, battles, defeats, and those don't exist in heaven at all. They're wiped out. What we do get from this book, though, is a sense of our crossing over to a new season where there's been a journey and where now we've arrived. Whereas time to take stock, to think about what next, about where we're going, about the battles that are going to come our way, how we can overcome them. And wherever we are, that we can trust God for this next part of the journey. We simply need to look to his lead, to trust him and to follow his word. Good opportunity for ourselves to think about that. September is new term. Start of a new year in the academic world. In terms of education, isn't it? Fresh start. 
And alongside the uh, 1st of January, probably beginning of September, is the other part of our, our natural calendar that lends itself uh, to that. You've already had mention about the uh, a celebration of us being in this building for a year towards the end of the month. That'll be the case. It's a right time for us as a church to say, OK, now we've arrived. Ta-da! And we've kind of got all over, the, the, or used to the, the whole thing of, wow, the size of the building. Wow, isn't it great? Wow, wow, wow. But so what? Now what? It's not all about us being just in more comfortable premises than that building that's now being demolished in this resurfaced car park back in Acton Road. Now is our time to say, okay, we, we've let the dust settle. There are a few things going on. There's a whole host of other things that need our attention. They need our time, that need God's wisdom into. What next, God? What are you saying? What are you saying to us and what are you saying to me as what my part of that is as well? And if you're on the verge of being one of those people to join us, please recognise we are looking for participators, not spectators. If you're looking for a church to turn up to once a week for an hour and disappear for another week, I can tell you very honestly right here and now, we are not the church for you. I'm really diddly squat interested with anybody that just wants to turn up and play religion for an hour. God is wanting to embrace your whole life. This hour, hour and a half may well be a key part of what he may well speak into us and what we may well speak to encourage one another. But it's so that we then might 24-7 be the people that he is wanting us to be. Plenty of opportunity to get on board, to serve, to be engaged in what God is wanting to do through you, through us, together. And this is the season that we're in. As we say, now that we've arrived, bah! 12 months have passed, the dust has settled. Now what? What are you saying to us, God? So, let's have a few applications from this passage. I've spent time uh, setting a bit of a foundation as to where we're going and some of the bits and pieces about the book and we'll unpack more of the background as I mentioned uh, this evening uh, here at six o'clock. Firstly this, God is faithful to his promises. We read in verse three where God says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Moses was a great leader, but he died before the mission was complete. How sad is that? How ironic. All that effort, all that energy, all that time that he'd given. But he never saw the absolute fruit. In terms of our own building approaching a year old, many of us can maybe look back and remember a man by the name of Doug Holt. And oh, in 2016 in the autumn, how tragic that all of a sudden Doug just died as I had to break the news to the church that morning and mentioned about the situation that Doug and Sally were going through. The whole church thought I was going to mention about Sally died because, uh, died because Sally was dying. But no, Doug beat her to it. And I lost count of the number of uh, people who spoke to it. Doug was very instrumental in terms of uh, the last 40 years of, of working towards us uh, getting a new, a new building. Oh, how sad that Doug wouldn't be able to see the fruit for his labour. Don't we believe in eternal life? Doug would have been able to enjoy and have a better vision of what you and I are able to experience and enjoy in the here and now. 
He just wasn't here physically for us to pat him on the back and for us to see that, that emotion on his face with maybe hardly a dry eye. But Doug saw. He still does. But it's kind of like a bit of a parallel if we uh, put it into our own context, uh, isn't there? On the day that Doug died, he received an email from one of the building-y type people council or whatever it was or uh, developer type people and that email said the the building is now handed over to you it's yours and it's almost a sense of Doug would have read that email which he would have done because he was in his office 23 hours a day I think (laughs) and I kind of like read that email and thought job done and it was others have then picked up the baton since then suddenly Joshua finds himself at the head of the queue with God saying to him, your turn. I mean, there's no kind of like uh, sort of um, drip feeding this gently uh, to, uh, to Joshua at all. It's Joshua, Moses is dead. Over to you. Boom. Get on with it. And that sense of suddenness when Doug died was our own experience of how are we going to deal with where we're at in our own building journey with no Doug? Because he had all this stuff up here. But God raised up others. He always does to continue and carry on and do and complete what he has already purposed. God says, that which I've started, I will carry on to completion. And you're in something in a material sense that's an expression of an experience of that, isn't it? Although we might struggle with how we would have reacted if we were a Joshua, or maybe at times we feel overwhelmed or inadequate for a particular task, we need to remember that God is faithful to that which he promised. I wonder if you identify a little bit with something of Joshua in your own situation. Some of you maybe will do. Maybe you're struggling with what God is calling you to do. You know what it is to be afraid as Joshua did. You face insurmountable odds as Joshua did. You've been called, it seems, to an impossible task as Joshua was. Your security has been shattered by circumstances beyond your control. But then God's word speaks to you. And he hands you a baton with a ministry or a role or a reminder of his life purpose for you on it. And he seeks for you to accept. You become aware again that God's faithfulness and his presence is there in your life. If God calls you to a particular role or situation, he will equip you for that. Quite quickly, we tend to revert back to what we're unable or inadequate of doing in and of ourselves forgetting that it's the one who has called us who promises to equip us for that task God is faithful to his promises secondly God looks after his own verse 5 we read these words as I was with Moses God says so I will be with you I will never leave you nor forsake you Familiar words, maybe, for the Christian to hear. Not rocket science, but we need to remember that God will never leave us. Jesus promised similar, didn't he, in Matthew chapter 28, when he gave uh, that first group of followers 
uh, what we call the, the Great Commission. And he said towards the close of that, I am with you always. And some of us need to uh, be reminded that always means always, not just when the sun is shining. Oh, yes, God, you're amazing. Oh, I love this worship stuff. I can feel goosebumps. Da, da, da. That's okay. It's easy to feel God close and to know that God is with us always. What about it when life is pants? And for some of you, it will be, inevitably, with a group this size. Life is tough. Your heart is ripped in two. You've been broken. You're angry. It's still true. Regardless of what we might feel, God is still with you. Come back to his truth. Always. Why is it that so many have been blessed by the Footprints poem? Unless it was because it gave assurance, reassurance of a truth they knew deep down. And I'm paraphrasing, but if you're unfamiliar of the Footprints um, uh, poem, it kind of goes like this, that someone had a dream. And in that dream, they saw in their dream, uh, as they looked back over their shoulder, two uh, sets of footprints that were depicting all the various elements of their life thus far. But as they look back at those two sets of footprints, so they realise at the darkest and most troublesome times in their life, there was actually only one set of footprints. And they got a bit agitated. God, why is it during the toughest times of all, that was when you kind of left me? And God says, my precious child, it was at that moment that I carried you. Now that Footprints poem was written by a person called Anonymous. We don't know who wrote it, so I'll say it was me because I think it was great. I'd love to get the credit for that. What a truth. Why is it that so many have testified that when they were most down and out, there was an awareness for them that they were not alone and had one beside them? Maybe you need that same assurance today. As I was thinking this through again this morning, I had a sense of an impression of someone being here that in your own silence that others are not aware of, you feel you have been completely abandoned by God. Even to the point that you don't even know whether or not there is a God. Even to the point that if there is a God there, you're angry with him. No one else knows, of course, because you still smile on a Sunday morning and still sing the same songs. I believe God wants you to know, I love you. I am here. Let's take this next part of your journey together. Trust me. Trust me. As Mandy shared that verse when she prayed, with God, all things are possible. Own that truth, that promise, if that's real for you this morning. Thirdly, God believes in us. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. And verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Are you getting the message here, Joshua? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you 
wherever you go. It's difficult to read verse 9 without bursting into song. If you don't know the song, you're going to think I'm a complete idiot. But there was a song that was very trendy 20, 30 years ago. Uh, Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Simple words, but it's based on God's truth. You be bold, God says. You be strong. Why? You can be because the Lord, your God, is, not might be, is, with you. That's worth celebrating. Good. God believes in us. He believed in Joshua. Joshua himself may well not have felt up to the task. We often don't. We feel lacking in various departments, scared of certain responsibilities, end up maybe operating out of our own strength, relying on our own expertise or experience when we should be entrusting ourselves to the one who is able to keep you from falling, Jude 24. The one who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. I remember a number of years ago, and I think it's... uh, a number of years have travelled on long enough for me to cite and experience, and it is a long time ago, when we were thinking here about a, uh, a new building, and we had plans uh, for a building that was probably about half the size of this one. And so just grab hold of that, half the size of this one. It's still bigger than the one that we were in at Ackland Road. And we had a meeting uh, for the, uh, the group of trustees that were uh, there then. And I can remember one of the trustees at the time then resigning as they said, this is just way too big, way too big. It is uh, out of, our, uh, out of our, uh, uh, our potential and possibility it's too adventurous it's going to be uh, too expensive and that very respected guy humanly speaking was absolutely right but now we can look back and think actually those plans weren't too small because what God has done is actually even more than what humanly wasn't possible 10 years ago And I'm using the context of a building not to harp on about it, but because we're getting to this sense of a year, it's right that we take stock. And it's right that we do that in the sense of realising of the God being able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. God believes in you too. Whatever your own giant is that you're facing, whatever it is that you know you've got to face, whatever it is you know that God has called you into, he's not going to let you down. He's called you into that. He believes in you. So that hand in hand with you and him, you are going to be able to make it. And finally, God encourages us to follow his word. In chapter, uh, in in verses 7 and 8, halfway through verse 7, he says to, uh, to Joshua, Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn uh, from it to the right Or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. We can't get away ever from the importance of what God has decreed and written to us in his word. 
But of course, we're saying this into a, a context and into a generation that doesn't maybe like to read as much. Uh, by the way, if you've got God's word on your phone and you see uh, people looking around on, on their phone, I hope you're not kind of conning the idea of having God's word up, but also secretly texting. I'm going to go around and ask one by one. No, I better not do that. We haven't got time. But it's great that we can use our phone in that way. Get hold of that if you've not got that app already. If not, then pick up a Bible when you come in. Follow what God's word is saying to you. Take it home. Go through some of the stuff that we've been looking at and think, God, what is it you're saying to me through your word? Several things we get in just those one and a half verses. Submit to it. Stick to it, speak it, and soak in it. Four S's. See if you can remember that. Churches are not that good, really, these days, very often, in reading God's Word. A lot of bits that's missed out, or passages are too long, or we'll just maybe have a few sound bites and a couple of verses read. Memory verses. Used to have a load of that going on years ago. It's a lot less of that. Christians don't know their Bibles as well as they did 30 years ago. That, that's given. I know that. Why settle for that? Why should I settle for that? Why should you settle for that? Whose responsibility uh, is it to settle uh, for that? There's an inque- interesting question somebody mentioned to me this week. That a question gets asked... Uh, by somebody in a a GP surgery of patients coming in, quick questionnaire, whose responsibility is your health? And very often the patient answers, my doctor. (laughs) The answer, of course, is me. Whose responsibility is it that we have God's word going into us? The pastor, the this, the that. No, it isn't. It's your responsibility. If you choose to not read it, if you choose to not study it, if you choose to not explore what it is that God might be saying to you through it by his spirit, that is your fault and nobody else's. Don't give me this thing about I've not got time. Because you're saying that to the Lord, not me. And I ain't that at myself. Oh yes, but you're a pastor of a church. Yeah, and I'm pretty rubbish at that bit. I'm not that good at several other bits as well, but let's not go there on my first day back. It's tough, isn't it? New start, new season. God, forgive me for what maybe I've let go. Get me back into that right perspective of submitting to it. God says to Joshua, be careful to obey, to stick to it. Do not turn to the right or to the left. It's very easy to justify what we do, isn't it? Maybe to select several words within uh, two verses that can then justify what I'm doing or what you're doing. Speak it. Don't let this depart from your mouth, this parent of speaking out the word of God as well. Talking out what we believe. Soak in it. Meditate on it day and night. Medication. Uh, medication. Uh, meditation. <laughs> Well, medication's okay if it's on the Word of God. Meditation is kind of quite, quite a, a buzz word, isn't it? It's quite a popular thing in the whole realm of spirituality today. Get into meditation, but base it on the Word of God as opposed to some of the, the other fluffy stuff. 
quite dangerous to just open ourselves up to all and sundry but to meditate on God's word who knows what he might say to you through his spirit give him time to speak oh I tried that once it didn't work try it again and then again and then again and then again and then again don't ever stop the more we soak in it the more bit by bit there's going to be stuff that we're going to pick up that's going to seep through to us we've arrived welcome we're here we're here in Cambry the building's up and running cafe's busy the chairs are comfortable we've got all this space and rooms upstairs whole host of groups in here during the week where are you at in your journey now that we've arrived as we think about this our own land of Canaan our own promised land where God said it's time for you to go and then later years I want you to go to Painbury what a number of people thought at the time but God made that perfectly clear I could spend another hour talking to you about that don't panic I know we haven't got it Nina looked petrified when I mentioned that (laughs) she's one on her Sunday lunch we know that God called us to leave and to come here and he's provided this that is not the end of the story it is the start we've had a year to let the dust settle now where are you at if you've been hooking in with this church for a number of weeks or months but you've not become a member of this church do it get on board with what we're about if you know that the Christian faith is true but you've held back from making a commitment to Jesus Christ do it he gave his life for you don't faff about time is short if you've been thinking about what you might do here at the church oh but there's probably nothing to do uh, no role for me oh yes there is you speak to me within seven days there'll be something you'll be able to do i promise you there's plenty of opportunity to serve here don't let's wait we've had a year of letting the dust settle now we take stock now i hope it's get on board God, what is it you're saying to us? What is it you're saying to me? Those two things go together. Let's pause as we reflect on that right here and now individually. We're going to be asking that question for ourselves as a church. But right now, you as an individual, give these next 30 seconds over to God to speak to you. And for you to be honest with him about where you're at in your journey, that he might break in. Give him space to do that. And then Tom... And the, and the group are going to lead us in an opportunity to respond in worship. But for now, let's be still and know that he is God. May God speak to you through his word. Amen. Let's pray. Just be still. If you're listening to this online, don't switch off. Just pause and be still before the Lord. And hear what he wants to say to you.